Okay, let's talk about it. That was a terrible loss. A um, lot to discuss on this show. Knicks Wolves will hand, hand out some progress reports at the end because we are about one month through. Uh, but since we're heading to Thanksgiving break for the next couple of days, I just had another voice crack there. Lovely. Um, since we're heading into a little bit of a break, figured I'd do the progress reports a game earlier. We do one every month at the end of each month. So we're about a month into the season. And we're going to get into that later, but we're talking Knicks Wolves for the majority of this show, and it was not pretty. Let's get into it. Episode 581. Oh, I'm sorry, 582 of BD4. Let's go. Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. You are listening to BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. We also do MMA. Yanks every series, Knicks every game, MMA on occasion. Let's get to it. Anthony for three. Welcome to the show. Welcome to episode 582 of the podcast. I'm your host, RJ. You are listening to BD4. Diving right into it. Uh, it was a tough loss last night at, I was going to say at the Garden, in Minnesota against the, uh, the Timberwolves, 117-100. Uh, the Knicks were finally fully healthy in this game. That was nice. You know, RJ was still in there. Um, Grimes returned for his first night back from the wrist sprain. Um so you had the normal starting lineup. Uh, there was no Dante uh, to some people's disappointment in the other half to their, <clears throat> I guess, approval. Uh, Brunson, Grimes, R.J. Randall, Mitch was the starting lineup. Um, not surprising because we know Tibbs likes to stay in his comfort zone. Uh, and I had no problem with it. Um, for Minnesota, um, they were healthy except for when Jaden McDaniels left the game early in the first quarter. Uh, but it was, you know, it started out competitive. It was a good competitive first quarter, despite the Knicks not being sharp. Um, you know, Brunson starts out the night with a pull-up jumper. And then a couple moments later, Mitchell Robinson, the sham god, a little crossover from the top of the key, he'll flash that every once in a while on you, and it just makes you laugh because it comes out of nowhere. And it's like, well, you wish that when the defense dropped on him, you know, when they drop on him, and they do often, that he'd show that more. Um, but then the Knicks started misfiring a ton. They had some issues defending pick and roll. Minnesota, fortunately, were making plenty of mistakes early. Fouls, violations, bad turnovers. So that helped the Knicks stay in it. RJ knocks down a three to tie the game at 18 in the first. Has a nice finish at the basket of possession prior. Um, 
First challenge of the game comes after Brunson takes a charge on Anthony Edwards. Challenge was failed. Brunson responds by knocking down another mid-range for an and-one. Reties the game at the foul line. RJ checks into the game late for Brunson. Um, sorry, not RJ. Brunson comes out of the game. Um, and the rest of the bench checks in. And then, um, you know, a few minutes after he stays, he usually stays with them for a few minutes. Um, yeah, it was a competitive first quarter. The Knicks leave the first down three. Um, the second quarter was kind of the same. Uh, Mitchell Robinson was keeping them in the game, saving their ass on the boards. The Knicks were just throwing up brick after brick, you know, quickly. Dante, RJ, Minnesota stretches the lead to seven. Uh, quickly finally gets a few to go. But the Knicks just playing terrible defense, especially in transition. The effort didn't seem to be 100% there. They were steps behind. There were a number of times on both ends in transition where they had the numbers, but it didn't matter. That's a problem. Um, tough fouls. Quickly, a couple tough ones in there. Randall Brunson get hot to keep the Knicks in it. Brunson knocks down a three. Randall's getting downhill a bunch, finishing at the basket. Uh, and the Knicks eventually take a one-point lead late in the second. But you know, the starters check back in 100%, and then the Wolves get a few more baskets to fall. And it was a close game. The Knicks somehow down just two points at halftime. Um, but you can tell this was one of those games where the Knicks just weren't there and that the inevitable was coming. Um, I, I just felt the blowout coming. And then you get to the third quarter, and the Knicks wasted no time. It ended right there. Um just no fight out the gate to me. Um, and this was a quarter where the Timberwolves outscored the Knicks 35-19. Um, I mean, right out the gate. You know, Edwards open mid-range. Towns open three-pointer. RJ airballs the corner three. Edwards leaves him open to shoot it. Um, Grimes sends Edwards to the free throw line. He knocks them both down. RJ turns it over. Edwards responds with a mid-range jumper. Um... Randall started to misfire a little bit. Gobert has the put back. And, you know, the Knicks just showing little life. Um, they did show fight when RJ knocked down that three. You're like, okay, maybe they have one last run in them. But right after that, another bad turnover. Just poor defense in the lane. There was one possession where Randall had his back to Edwards when he was driving middle. Um, open corner shooters and... Bad decisions at the rim. Uh, there is the bad challenge by Tom Thibodeau. Minnesota retains the ball. And before you knew it, after three quarters, the Knicks were out of it, down 18 points. So there's no really, there's no point of recap in the fourth quarter because the most the Knicks, the closest the Knicks got was when Dante went to the free throw line and knocked down two. That cut it to a dozen. Uh, but that didn't last because the next possession, Randall was. Put into a pick and roll on Kyle Anderson. Uh, that's when Mitch misses his rotation. And then Edwards makes a nice bullet pass. And then uh, you have the end one finish on Mitch. And on that inbound, throwing it in, the Knicks get lazy, completely inept. Edwards takes it, grabs it, dunks it. And that was kind of the exclamation point. Um, then Daqu uh, the, you know, Daquan Jeffries comes in and Gives Minnesota free chicken at the end of the free throw line. So, yeah. The Knicks lose. Uh, they lose by 17 points, 117 to 100. 
Uh, Brunson leads the Knicks with 25 points. Edwards leads Minnesota with 23 points. Um, so let's talk about it. Let's talk about this game. I have a few things to discuss, as we said, when we return from our first break. Stay with us here on BD4, episode 582. We appreciate you sticking around and listening so far. When you have a chance, be sure to open YouTube to subscribe, like, and comment. And if you're already watching on YouTube, be sure to head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star review. We appreciate your feedback and are always looking to improve. Now, with that all said, let's get you back to the show. Okay, welcome back to the show. Um, it's funny because, listen, we, we just got off an episode where we were praising the Knicks offense, and the offense has improved. It's improved his passing this season, right? There's more passing. There's a little bit more cutting. Um, it's not as much ISO, and I give them credit there. It's... There have been improvements. You could see Tibbs emphasizing it, and they're executing. They still struggle against good half-court defenses. That continues to be a problem. When they run into teams with length, like Minnesota, they give the Knicks issues. You know, defenses who pressure the ball give the Knicks problems. Defenses who are very aggressive at shrinking the floor and forcing the Knicks down low. That's an issue. There was, I felt like too much pick and roll with Gobert down there last night. I didn't think that was the smartest thing in the world. Randall couldn't get to his spots on the inside. You had Gobert on the rim, at the rim. Um, plus, you had just Randall trying to overpower guys like Nas Reed. That's not going to work. Minnesota, it felt like they had Reed, Towns, or Gobert on the floor at all times. One of them always out there. And that's tough because the Knicks can't handle that since they've got six guys in their rotation under 6'6". Six, six. Um, not to mention the Minnesota guards and wings. They've got wingspan. Um, so they're able to close out with these. They're able to contest a lot easier. And You know, the way they were scheming, the Knicks made it tough at times. They were playing higher up on pick and roll, so that made things difficult for Quickly and Brunson because they couldn't just walk right into drop coverage and pull it. Um, Minnesota was switching every single Randall Mitch pick and roll too, forcing Randall to create offense and ISO that gave us problems. Um, cause a lot of the time in this game, Randall was over dribbling and Tibbs didn't really adjust there. Josh Hart in the half court continues to be a problem that resurfaced again last night. He had an open three pointer in the second half. This was maybe the, no, it was the fourth quarter, maybe. Wide open three pointer. He did that stupid pump fake drive again. And it just it's it's so continuous. Every time he's in the half court, you see the same issues. It's a problem. Um, Tibbs has to get this guy away from the primary action on the floor too. When he's off ball, they can't position him next to the action. You you got to send him to the weak side of the floor, tuck him into the corner, because you don't want any extra help defenders coming onto Brunson or whoever's involved in the primary action. It just makes life much more difficult. It just takes away the space on the floor. Um, that defender is going to be used as the helper because they don't respect Hart on the three-point line since he can't shoot great and he's not aggressive in taking those shots when he's open. So 
you got to position him on the weak side. Limit his minutes at the three. Play him at the four since he's not an elite three-point shooter. You're seeing what happens when, you know, your two 3 and D wings outside of that. Like, your two 3 and D wings aren't giving you much offensively. You're not going to have a good chance. Dante and Grimes were one for 12 together from three-point land yesterday. And the Knicks, terrible on the arc altogether, 23%. So those two guys are too important. They need to knock down shots. Uh, Dante was brutal, especially in the first half, shooting the ball. And then Grimes was just brutal throughout the game. He had zero points. Welcome back. Um, it just seems like if the Knicks aren't running in transition, they're not going to generate a ton of offense versus these better half-court defenses. Part of it is due to that slow start, right? But I also feel like there's still an inconsistency and crack my neck. I'm sorry. Something's good. I, I got like neck, serious neck issues, man. Like, I don't know if I'm sleeping the wrong way, but like, God, it starts to hurt sometimes. And now I'm noticing a little slight knee issues. Like I'm getting old, dude. I never have issues with my body. Knock on wood, but like, I'm starting to feel it lately. Um, God, maybe it's my posture. Jesus. Where am I? Um, I feel like the Knicks' bread and butter offensively last year was getting two feet in the paint and scoring in the paint, right? Last year, they were 16th in points per game with 51. Okay, so about middle of the pack. But this year, that's all the way down to 29th in points per game with 43. Um, last night, they had just 38 points in the paint. But it's not just points in the paint per game because I feel like that can be deceiving since the Knicks are a slow team and they don't generate a ton of possessions. It's more the efficiency decrease down there that's not been the same. Because last year they were 14th in field goal percentage in the paint 67%. This year they're down about 9% um, which has them sitting at 28th in points uh, in field goal percentage in the paint. So it's, uh, you know, we're, we're about a month in now too. And you're still seeing Brunson you know, that floater's been rimming in and out. Randall's still having issues at the basket against length. RJ's been finishing, but he's also missed five games, and lately he looks a little rough at the basket. Um, quickly, I feel, has been hit or miss there. You know, Dante's been bad at the rim. I, it's, I feel like we need a different look. Um, we just, when we play these half-court defenses, it can't be so predictable. We need more offensive creativity, and part of that's on Thibodeau. Um, I was listening to a couple of podcasts last night after the game, and both of them actually, ironically, made the same point, that they were saying we should try running more 1-4 pick and roll between Brunson and Randall. Excuse me. And I was thinking about that. I'm like, yeah, why don't we do that more, right? Because, you know, you see teams like Murray and Jokic run it, Fox and Sabonis run it with their point guards, but I feel like we rarely see Brunson and Randall running two-man actions together. They don't play off each other enough for as lethal as as a two-man game as that can be. Um, So I would like to see something like that more. I would like to see him shake up the lineup with different combos because we did see, this might have been in the fourth quarter last night, Dante and Grimes 
were playing together. We saw some of that. That was a little surprising to me. So I would like to see more of that in meaningful minutes. Um, now it's still early in the season, but that's kind of where you should start up with that, right? Don't be so rigid and, and formulaic, but toy around. Because um, it seems like it's the same, you know, three or four lineups that we usually stick with. Um, I So... I won in last night's game badly, man. I did. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I I hate Minnesota. I hate Anthony Edwards. Um, he's a great player. I respect him, but I, I, I enjoy hating him when he plays the Knicks just because of the whole RJ thing. It's it's just weird to me. He has this weird vendetta. Um, so I, I love when the Knicks can beat them, but they need to start showing something. Um, they need to start showing something against top competition. I want this team to show me a little bit more. Uh, I still need a little bit more. They they got to beat top top competition for me to officially buy in. Um, because that was last year's whole thing, right? Was that the Knicks impressed me last season because they didn't back down. They were fearless. They didn't shy away from anybody. They beat a ton of good competition last year. They dominated Boston three wins to one. Right? You, you had the quickly game without Brunson where he went off. They beat Miami. You had the Randall game with, with the game winner. They thrived on those West Coast trips, right? They beat Denver. I think they beat Phoenix. They had some impressive wins against top competition last year. But this year, it hasn't... Not yet. Not yet. It's, it's 14 games, but you're not seeing much of that. You're seeing wins against Cleveland, Charlotte, twice. Uh, Washington, the Clippers, the Spurs, and Atlanta twice. How many true that's true threats are in that group, you know, Cleveland, I guess you could say, but they're also one and one against them. That's it. I don't really look at the Clippers as legit. I, I feel like they've got a bunch of four. I, I, they got what? Four guys who are former all-stars, but former being the key word there, they're a bunch of has-beens to me. If you want to count them, sure. But I don't see Atlanta as a top of the conference team. And then you got basement dwellers like against Charlotte, San Antonio and Washington. So, you look at their losses, well, they've lost to Boston both times already. They've lost to Milwaukee. They've lost to Cleveland, Minnesota, and New Orleans. So some of those games have been close, some of them not. But the one theme throughout all of those games is they've all been losses. So they haven't beaten a team higher than number eight in the standings. So I, I would just like to see that change. Uh, and they got two opportunities this week. But... And obviously some of that is because we lack a superstar talent, right? Brunson dropped 25 points last night. The Knicks didn't just lose, they get blown out. That means something. That means that Brunson needs help. And that was a that was the case a lot last season. But we know that. We know the Knicks are lacking a superstar talent. Um, that didn't hold them back last year, though, right? They were still able to get it done. It did in the playoffs, and it always will. But it got them 47 wins. And right now, right now, the Knicks are just two games above 500, a little less than a month in. Um, so in, in this next week of games, we have two more games this week. Um, I would like to see them. I mean, I said, I, I said in the previous show, I want, I want two and one against, um, who the hell we just play? Oh, Minnesota. I want two and one against Minnesota, Miami, and Phoenix. Any combination of two and one. Um, so that means the Knicks 
against Miami and Phoenix have to sweep. They got to go 2-0 now. Um, so, not promising. The defense slipped last night. Um, the Knicks finally ran into a team who's just as physical and just as tough as them. Minnesota's very athletic. The Knicks, not so much. Um, the Knicks had trouble. Trouble. The Knicks had trouble keeping up with them in transition. You know, my uh, Minnesota's also got size, which is an obvious issue for the Knicks. Josh Hart had a ton of trouble uh, with Naz Reed. Grimes had trouble with Edwards all night, which I want to talk about. Um, and it's just hard to guard that trio of bigs, right? Again, one of those three guys were always on the floor last night. Gobert's at the basket. Towns is going to score in the mid-range. Kind of a three-level guy. And then Nasri can stretch the floor as well at the, at the, at the uh, three-point line. So they were using Towns as a screener a ton. You know, his screening was really opening up space for the Wolves. Gobert, too. But, you know, it helped open up three-point looks for Minnesota because the Knicks weren't switching it. Uh, it opened up lanes from up top. They were running that Edwards, Towns, 2-4 pick and roll, and that was giving the Knicks problems early. And, again, Tibbs just refused to switch it. And Edwards killed them. Um, 23 points. I guess you'll take that, but he had 19 in the second half. They were just abusing Grimes with weak side screening, a whole lot of that. Uh, stagger screens in the second half, pin downs, DHO. They just had him running around out there helplessly, chasing Edwards at his hips. See, if they ran Grimes through DHO, he was on his hips or he was caught on the screen. And with Mitch playing in drop, Edwards had the space to pull an open mid-range coming off the screen, or he could just throw in a floater. Um, he had the space. I, it didn't help that the help defense wasn't great. A lot of the time, you, I was watching Randall, and he just wasn't bothering to fight over his screens, or he wasn't bringing much help. I thought the very first possession, actually, of the second half of this game, Randall was right next to the action where Edwards drove by Grimes, but Randall just provides no help when he could have. He was right there. Um, like Even just a quick stunt would have helped. Stunted Edwards and then recovered back onto Towns. No. Uh, there was another possession. This was early to mid-fourth quarter. It was very similar where Randall was one pass from the action but doesn't provide help. He's just standing there in no man's land while Grimes struggles staying with Edwards. <laughs> it's hard to watch Randall um, you know, put in little effort. Well, Grimes busted his ass. He was trying. You know, there were there were even times where he'd recover off the screen nicely. He did a nice job navigating at times, and he, he'd get back into the play if he got caught. Um, there were some ugly moments as well. But I think all in all, it was just a lot of tough shot making and tough shot creating by an elite MVP candidate. Uh, in my opinion, the leading MVP candidate. Um, he's just, Anthony Edwards is just, the kid is so unique. You know, he, he's got top-tier athleticism, but he's also got great size and just a hell of a player, man. Um, yeah, so. Jalen Brunson's a hell of a player, and he was the best player last night for the Knicks once again, so we'll hand him the bing-bong game ball. Bing-bong! I don't like doing these in losses, but 
at the end of the year, I like to count how many each player has earned and give them like the MVP of the team. So that's why we do it. So Jalen Brunson last night, he was good. 25 points, six assists, one turnover, seven of 15 shooting, three of six on his threes, and eight of eight at the free throw line. Um, yeah, this is his fifth game ball to lead the starting unit, tied with RJ. So he's back. Uh, and what I liked is he had, once again, a nice balance between scoring and distribution, where he was looking to pass but also score, right? 28 assists now versus just six turnovers in the last four nights. So he's providing very good point guard play. Uh, in this game, he was pushing it to quickly and RJ on the break. He was finding Hartenstein with a uh, pocket pass and pick and roll. Uh, he was hitting the weak side again where Dante was. And that's been happening a lot this year where Brunson hits the weak side shooter. And a lot of the time, Dante ends up being the guy on the weak side on the other end of it. So they have a nice chemistry together. Um, the three-point shot continues to stay hot. Um, he found a way to put together another 50% three-point shooting night. It's been unbelievable to watch him shoot threes, especially off the dribble this year. The mid-range also seems to be back. He's found the mid-range jumper. Um, it's up to 42% on the year, which is a good number. Um, so really the next step is that first level, getting those floaters, that five feet and in area to drop. You know, that's the one spot that he needs to, complete but he's but he's getting there um and he just continues to do his thing right but he needs help he needs help he's not getting consistent help randall's been inconsistent on the year grimes isn't consistent dante's not consistent rj's always hurt and he looks terrible uh last night and the night before uh, quickly has been up and down i feel like but he's been fine uh, mitch has been the lone consistent nick is what i'm trying to say outside brunson from opening night to yesterday Mitch has been the only other one beside Brunson to show up every night and produce consistently. Um, so we need more than that. Uh, but because of process of elimination, because I really didn't think anybody played well on the bench last night, I'm going to quickly. Quickly is getting the bing bong game ball from off the bench because he had 15 points, 15 points, six and six shooting at the line. Um, you know, a lot of his shots rimmed out. But he was getting decent looks on him. Uh, he got his free throws and converted. The floater was going. He knocked down the floater through contact to keep the Knicks in it early on in the second quarter. Knocked down another floater off a of pick and roll with Mitchell Robinson the next time down. Thought he was going to get hot. Never really did after that. Um, everything else wasn't really there. The rebounding wasn't there. He wasn't doing that last night. The playmaking wasn't terrific. Um, and the defense wasn't really as effective. But... Again, because of process of elimination, he was probably the best of the four-man bench last night. Uh, and because of that, he now has eight game balls on the year to lead not just the bench, but the team. So, props to Quickly. Um, but RJ looked bad, and I'm I'm not worried yet. Um, but, you know, it's obviously in everybody's head. Is, is it going to go back to old habits? Um, I'm going to give him these two games. Chalk it up because last time he was sick, you know, when he had COVID a few years ago, it took him a while to find his legs. But he has not looked good at all 
in these last two nights. Um, what's worrying me, I just said I'm not going to be worried, but fuck it. What's worrying me is that he's been taking bad shots at the basket, like contested floaters and layups and traffic in both of these games. And that's what made him so inefficient heading into the season, right? That's what's, that's his big flaw. Um, his touch at the basket. It's, it's lacked since he's returned. Um, he's getting his shot blocked. That's a familiar sight and just poor shot selection down there. So I'm hoping that returns. Um, and the defense has also slipped in these last couple nights as well. I will say that. I, I, I saw him get caught back door a couple times last night. He's been a little late on rotations. I hope he's good, man. Um, I hope it wasn't just a hot start and now he's returning back to old habits. You know, I hope it just, it was seven games after all, right? So it's not like it was a huge sample. Um, I hope he just wasn't beaten up on bad teams. And now, you know, because he does look slower. He looks awful right now. But the only thing still dropping for him is the three-point shot. That's been still there. Um, that's yet to dip and it will dip because he's at 49% right now. <laughs> so that's going to dip. So I just hope that he gets it going at the first two levels again. Uh, but again, I'm going to chalk this up as two warm up games. Just coming off the illness. The wolves are very physical. Um, but now he's got an entire three and a half days before Miami on Friday night. So there really aren't any more excuses for him after this. They need RJ. Um, and I think we'll wrap it up here and we'll get to our progress reports to finish this off. So let's head to our final break, get back with our progress reports, and then that'll be that. We'll get to our trivia after that. Stay with us here on BD4, episode 582 of the podcast. Be right back. You can also find us on social media. If you'd like, you can follow BD4 on Facebook, and we're at BD4Pod on both Instagram and Twitter. We appreciate you helping us grow more and more every day. Let's get back to it. All right, welcome back to the show. Let's get to our progress reports. Um, so for those who are new to the podcast, every month of the season, at the end of every month, we um, hand out progress reports to each individual on the team in the rotation. We'll also grade the team as a whole at the end and Tom Thibodeau. Um, now the important part to, to, uh, to note is that this is what people sometimes forget. These grades, like with everything in sports, are relative to expectation. So just because one player might have a higher grade than another player doesn't mean that player is better than that player, vice versa. So just know they're based off of expectation. What I'm expecting off of this specific player, that's how I grade them. So with that said... Let's start off with Jalen Brunson. Jalen Brunson on the season, 24 points per game, three boards, five assists, one steal, couple turnovers a game, 44, uh, 44% from the field, 48% on his threes, um, which is awesome. Whoops. And then um, 87% at the free throw line for Jalen. 
he's been good, man. You know, he had a slow start to the season. And as we mentioned, he's still trying to find his footing at the basket. Uh, the mid-range is coming around. But he's been good. He's scoring every night. He's on fire from three. He's starting to find that balance between playmaking and facilitating. And he's been impressive on defense. You know, he's taking charges. He's busting his ass. He's always getting physical and not afraid to take hits. And, you know, he's he's being used as a weak side low man at times to provide help. That's a different look. So I like it. I like what I'm seeing. Um, still, again, not 100% back to Brunson from last year, but he's very close. So I give Jalen Brunson to B+. Quinton Grimes is next on the list. Quinton Grimes, who's having not a great start to the year. Seven points, a board, a rebound, and uh, an assist, a steal, one turnover, 40% from the field, 36% on threes. He hasn't knocked out a free throw yet this year. He's 0% there. doesn't get there much. Um, yeah, we, we need a little more from him. Um, whoops. Camera's kind of in the way. Hold on. There we go. Um, we need some more. You know, he, he's provided efficient spot-up shooting. Um, solid point-of-attack wing defense, but there are also times like last night, like when he goes up against Boston, where he gets cooked, absolutely cooked by bigger wings. Um, that's been a problem for him this year, and we expected it. Uh, offensively, he's still very inconsistent. He'll either score six points or... I'll give you, you know, 15 or so. And that part of the reason of that is, is yeah, I feel like we can do a better job involving him in actions, but also he's just very tentative. He's not aggressive enough. Um, and we, we speak about this a ton. So we'll leave that at that. And so because of that, I'm going to go, I'm going to give Quentin Grimes a C plus. I feel like there's a little bit more he can show the Knicks. Um, it hasn't been great yet. So C plus for Quentin Grimes as the starting two guard for the Knicks. RJ Barrett. RJ Barrett, 21 points, four boards, three assists, a steal, two turnovers, 45% shooting on the season, 49% from three, 83% on the free throw line. Um yeah, I mean he he's cooled off lately. He's missed a lot of games already. He's only played nine of the 14 games. Um, but we've seen a lot of improvements. Uh, we've seen improved court vision on his drives, making better passes to the weak side. He seems to be more comfortable going to his right. He's playing better defense. Um, and overall, he's been a lot more efficient at the three levels. So I'm going to give RJ Barrett a B. I like what I've seen from him. Um, and I just need to see a little more before I go higher. But that's R.J. Barrett's great. Uh, and then we go up to the four spot. Good old Julius Randle. Um, again, relative to expectation. Who is Randle? He's the highest paid player on the team. Who's the, you know, first option. If you look at usage rate. And so they expect some things from him. Uh, he's averaging 20, 10, and 5. That's the usual Randall stuff, but the efficiency has just been extremely poor. 38% on his field goals, 28% on threes, 67% at the foul line, and he's averaging three turnovers a night, too, so that's not good. Um, again, constant productivity. 20, 10, and 5 every night. Uh, he gets there no matter how he gets there. 
He's extremely durable. He's playing 38 minutes a night, every night. Um, and he's, we talked about this last show. He's balanced out his shot diet, right? Even attempts at the rim, even attempts at the mid range level and, and even amount of attempts at the three line. I feel like, I feel like he's had a more balanced approach in how he attacks the defense. Um, but he did get off to a nightmare start. He was awful in the first I don't know, six, seven games of the, excuse me, of the year. Um, his defense is very up and down, mostly down, and it's just uncompetitive and lethargic often, uh, whether it be running back in transition, skipping rotations, um, not bothering to help, not bothering to fight over a screen, so many things. Um, the jump shot has not been there yet. Um, he's been better at attacking the basket, drawing contact, finishing at the rim of late. But the jump shot all season has just not been there. The mid-range hasn't been great, and the three-point shot has been terrible too. So I give him a C because I feel like there's much more to expect out of Randall. I feel like he can be better than 38% on his field goals. Um, he's usually a guy who lives, let's say, 7% higher than that, right? He'll live 47%, 45% in that range. Um Three-point shooting has been off and on for him throughout his career. And his free-throw shooting has been just horrific this year. I don't know. I mean, he's never been a great free-throw shooter, but he's always been able to live right under 75%. But, yeah, we need more from him, man. Um, he's been playing better lately, but last night went back to to the bad Randall. And he only has one bing-bong game ball in the year. Um, and then go to the five, Mitchell Robinson. I gave Mitch an A minus, as you can see. I feel like Mitch has been the most consistent Nick. Um, again, Brunson's been the pl- the better player because he does all the scoring, but Mitch does the things that don't always show up. Um, on the year, seven points per game, twelve rebounds per game. Um, that should say one blocked shot, not zero. Um, he's just been an absolute menace on the offensive glass. Extra possession after extra possession, saving them. Elite rim protection, good help defense. He's much improved as a screener. We're seeing a lot of rescreens from him, rolling to the basket. Just the muscle. You can see the muscle gains the last couple years have helped him on the glass. Um, the only thing, I, I guess, he doesn't always get involved in half-court offense. They don't always look for him, and... When he gets fouled and they send him to the line, he's just absolutely miserable at the free throw line. So that's it. Uh, but other than that, he's been such a saving grace to the Knicks being eight and six right now, as opposed to them possibly being five and nine or something like that, because he's been so solid as a traditional big. Um, and I give him an A minus for that. Uh, let's go to the bench and we'll start with the manual quickly because. He's their sixth man, and uh, I gave quickly a B plus. Uh, he's averaging 15 points, three boards, three assists, 45 percent on his on his field goals, 39 percent. I don't know if that's updated. Um, that might not be updated, but whatever. I feel like it went down from 39 after after the last couple nights. Um, he was one of seven last night, so there's no way. But he's been good, a B plus, um, scoring at all three levels. He's developed that. He's developed that over the last couple years. Um, much improved court vision this year, I feel like. 
Uh, the defense remains very solid, especially in the point of attack, but he's also a good help defender off the ball. He'll rotate, cover his, you know, cover and miss assignment from a teammate. A um, little reckless at times, a little inefficient, a little inconsistent, but I feel like Quickly's been good, and he actually leads the Knicks in game balls with eight. So, next up, Dante DiVincenzo. B minus for Dante. Um, yeah, I mean, mid level exception player. He, he's been off and on, but that's kind of what I expect from him. He's been okay. Uh, good three point shooting. He's an excellent cutter. His cuts to the basket going back door like that have been kind of a revelation for the offense. Uh, he's great on the other end of the passing lanes, right? But yeah, he's been a little inconsistent offensively, and he's got terrible touch at the basket. So um, sometimes he can be a little reckless on the ball. But again, for a mid-level exception player, not terrible. Nine points per game this year, playing solid defense. So I'll, I'll give him a B minus. <clears throat> Josh Hart, uh, another B minus. I think he's found it after a terrible start. Um, Providing excellent intangibles, elite rebounding at guard, especially now that he's playing up at the four. Constantly pushing the tempo, getting the Knicks out on the break, that helps. The only downside has been the one downside that's been very significant that we've talked about a lot this year is that his three-point hesitancy has just killed the Knicks spacing in the half court. Um, and again, we're not going to keep talking about it, beating the dead horse. B-, minus. I think he's been okay. Who's next? Uh, Hartenstein. Last but not least. B. I think he's been good. He's been solid. Um, I couldn't really think of many negatives for him. Just not the most mobile player. No, I thought he would shoot the three a little more. But that's it. I mean, he's been solid. Giving you rim protection. Last night was a tough night for him. Uh, but he's excellent with the hustle. He's so physical and busts his ass every night, and he's a great passer out of the high post. He's perfect when he plays with Dante, because Dante's a good cutter. Hartenstein can find cutters. So, so that's it for the individuals. Um, let's go to uh, Tom Thibs. I gave Tom Thibodeau a B+. He's got a top five defensive team. He's got young players that are taking leaps. You could see, like we said, he's emphasizing more cutters, more cutting, more passing in the half court. Um, and considering what he has, I feel like he's done the job. On the other side, we know he's stubborn to a fault, stuck in his ways. He's got very rigid rotations. Uh, he doesn't always trust his younger players. And sometimes the lack of in-game adjustments will, will kill us. I'm a Tibbs guy because I just feel like he's done a good job with, again, what he has. So I'm giving him a B plus. I think he's been good. Not excellent, but good. But pretty good. Um, I know uh, there are like a lot of people who will disagree with that. Um, Tibbs is very 50-50. But at the end of the day, all I give a shit about is winning games. And I feel like Tibbs has helped the Knicks win games. So tough shit. 
Um, and then last but not least, let's grade the Knicks as a team. I'm going to give the Knicks as a team a B minus. Um, eight and six, despite a tough schedule, tough opponents. Nine of those 14 games have been on the road. A lot of back-to-backs in there. I think three sets of them already. And have already dealt with some injuries to key players. Two starters have been out. One of them, R.J. Barrett, for a while. So, to be 8-6 and six after all that, it's not the worst in the world. Uh, they're winning games right now despite an inconsistent offense because of their good defense. They play hard, they compete. Um, but the next step, as I said, I want to see them beat top competition because they've struggled against top competition. They have a couple in there and then a bunch against some bottom feeders. But that's it. I give the Knicks a B minus. I feel like it could be a lot better than what it's been. Um, it's not been a great start to the season, but it's been an okay one. So I feel like that's been a B minus and winning is winning. So it's been okay. There's more that I feel like they can give. And that's it. We'll wrap it up here. Head to our trivia as soon as we get back from our final break. I know I said that last time, but one more plug, and then you can always skip over it, and then we'll get to our final trivia to wrap it up. Stay with us. Be right back. Studio 69 Productions is a podcast production agency created by Leo Rodriguez to allow content creators to market their podcast. It's an online platform that will market your podcast or any other project that you're working on. Get in touch with Leo Rodriguez from Studio 69 Productions. You can find Studio 69 Productions on Instagram at Studio69NJ. Studio 69 Productions, where dreams are heard and born. Let's wrap this up here because I got to go take care of some things. Um, In episode 582, our trivia question, which Knicks wing went from averaging seven points per game as a rookie in 07-08 to 14 points per game the following season? Which Knicks wing went from averaging seven points per game as a rookie in 07-08 to 14 points per game the following season? All right, so who was it? Let me know the answer wherever you can reach me. That's all I got. I got to go. Um... That's it. Later. This episode was brought to you by Anchor. Hey there. If you stayed the entire way through, we thank you immensely for it. We hope you enjoyed this podcast and that you come back for the next episode real soon. Don't forget to like, subscribe, comment, download these episodes, and share them with your friends as well. BD4 is a five-star podcast simply because of you. And we'd like to keep it that way. Have a wonderful day. Go Yankees and go Knicks.